It's the origin of one of the most beloved persons of all time, a disgruntled elf and a businessman. We're talking Santa Claus the movie. Hit it. It was 1985. The Color Purple premiered in New York. A polar vortex left the eastern U.S. with record low temperatures. Boris Becker became the youngest Wimbledon champion, and David Huddleston warmed our hearts as Santa Claus. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me are two very special guests, You'll know them as the hosts of the Way Tubular Santa by the Minute podcast, John and Ben. Guys, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. It's uh, <laughs> It has been kind of a day, but um, getting to talk with you all already makes me feel better. So <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty excited to be here. Yeah, this is the first time that we're appearing on another podcast. Oh, right on. Well, I'm gl- yeah. uh, thank you for coming on, <laughs> and I'm so glad <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> so hopefully we'll we'll just, you know, have a lot of fun here. Hope so. I'm sure we will. <laughs> I, so before we get into it, I have to ask, what made you guys want to start a podcast about Santa Claus the movie? Well, you want no, to take this no, one? You <laughs> go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> well, it's your favorite uh, Christmas movie. It is. It is. I grew up watching this movie. Yeah. Um, I was only three when it came out. Okay. So every year I watched this on a VHS that my parents recorded off from... I don't even know what with it had commercials and everything. And that's how I grew up watching it. And then finally it showed up, you know, in stores for you to buy. Mm -hmm. And then when I met John, I showed it to him and. Well, up to this point, anytime you mention Santa Claus, the movie to anyone, they go, Oh, the Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yep. And and she'd go, no, no, not Tim Allen. It's the other one, you know, with the elf and the John Lithgow and everything. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'd heard of that movie. And it's become a Christmas tradition. And every Christmas season, we talk about this movie way too much. Way too much. (laughs) So then I fell down this rabbit hole of the podcast genre of movies by minute. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard about these guys who do Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. I'd only heard about it. I'd never listened to an episode. And I go, wouldn't it be funny if we just did a podcast where we broke down Santa Claus, the movie, minute by minute? <laughs> and then I like found moviesbyminutes.com. And it's like, holy smokes, there's like hundreds of movies. Like, you name a movie, there's a podcast about it. But luckily, no one had been covering Santa Claus, the movie yet. So we were in luck. You know, it's funny because, I, I mean, I remember seeing this in the theaters. I was five when this came out. And... um it's it kind of disappeared from like the public culture i mean from culture you know it's just it, it's not really out there and then all of a sudden like you said i i remember seeing it on like dvd and blu-ray at target and i was like oh yeah i love that movie <laughs> so it was one of those that i'd completely forgotten about just because i didn't have a recording available but i remember yeah watching it in the theater and it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, neither one of us actually saw it in the theater when it came out. It was like one of those things you discovered on TV as a kid mm-hmm. or on VHS. You rented it at the video store. It seemed to be always there every year at Christmas, you know, on TBS or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, last December, <laughs> a theater in our state, we're in Maine, had a showing in December. They had like a cult classics type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, it was on a random Thursday night. I was even working a night shift that night. But it's like, okay, we got to make this work. <laughs> and, and we finally saw Santa Claus the movie. It may have been 30 years too late, but we finally saw it on the big screen. I think it was perfect because now it's like ingrained into my head. You know, if I yeah, saw it way back then, I wouldn't have remembered You wouldn't it. have remembered, yeah. No. Ex- well, so, exactly. And I'm proof of that. I mean, I... Yeah. I remember seeing it and I remember like for the longest time when I thought of Santa Claus, I thought of David Huddleston, you know, mm-hmm. he was like, like the guy and, and then the other movies started coming out and it's just one of those things that it, eventually I it kind of faded away because like I said, it just, it wasn't in the public eye and it's a shame because it's a really cute, adorable, just, you know, like warm and fuzzy kind of movie, you know? Well, you guys oh, know sure. <laughs> you started a podcast about it. <laughs> David Huddleston should have got an Oscar for uh, that performance because you you watch it and it's like you don't even think it's an actor. It's like, oh, that's just Santa. Ex- yes, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, how he, good he is. He really is. I mean, he looks the part, but he also he he really just embodies that you know that loving spirit that you think of when you think of Santa Claus, you know, he's, he's everything that you imagine. And I think for a lot of kids, I mean, I I know some of the people in, um, in like London, especially, you know, in England, they really love this one. And David Huddleston is like their guy. And so for a lot of people, that's their Santa. Mm -hmm. He's my Santa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag that's my Santa. (laughs) (laughs) I dig it. Yeah. So I, like I said, I remember seeing this in the theater and, um, I remember also that McDonald's had a tie-in with it, I think. They had like some toys in their Happy Meals and maybe some books. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, they had these little plush reindeer that you could get if you bought like a book of gift certificates. But they had like coloring books and storybooks in the actual Happy Meal. Somewhere around here, we actually have the original Happy Meal boxes. We got them off of eBay. We do. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. I, there were two separate ones, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There were two separate ones and we have both of them unused, you know? <laughs> wow. That's cool. I mean, I, I didn't have, um, I remember I wanted the ornament because it, it was a little ornament, right? The plush that you're talking mm-hmm. about. The little yeah. reindeer. Yeah. I, I wanted it and I never got it, but I did get the books, the, the coloring books. And I remember loving those things until, you know, something else came around like right. Thundercats or something. I don't know, but <laughs> But I remember I wanted one and I looked it up um, like a couple of years ago. And I mean, they were not too expensive, but they were a little more than I thought. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's it's one of those that it's like, okay, I'm going to snatch this up right now. <laughs> so, so now, yeah, we, uh, we put it out when we can every Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of merchandise Mm-mm. for this movie. There were like kids books and story books. And we have a couple promotional items. We have the original poster hanging on the wall back here, the theatrical poster. We have like a press kit that they sent out to news stations at the time, you know, like, oh, here's some clips from Santa Claus the movie. And like, here's about the actors and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of uh, merchandise made, which is really unusual for a movie that was so big budget, you know? Mm -hmm. 
it wasn't until years later, because we were both kids at the time, it wasn't until years later, it's like, oh, wow, this was like really considered like a bomb at the time and critics just tore it apart. Yeah. But it's like, how could, like, but you walking through a kid's eyes, it's like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For real. It's, it was like, it was super rad. It was just one of those things that you're like, Santa, you know, and you find out everything, like how it's made and how he did it. And uh, so, I mean, it was like so cool because it answered so many questions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think maybe because of, there wasn't very much promotion because they were trying to like build Dudley Moore, like maybe it was more of a Dudley Moore kind of vehicle rather than an actual like yeah. Santa Claus movie? Yeah, definitely. That's something we've uh, really dived into on the movie. It's like on the podcast rather, um, how this movie was like built around Dudley Moore. Like the whole gimmick was, Hey, this guy that, you know, he's kind of short. He's playing an elf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They paid him $5 million to be in this movie. Wow. Even before they had a script finished, um, they had Dudley Moore on board because he was like the big selling point because he's very much in demand at this time. He was like at his peak, like mm-hmm. right after like movies like Arthur. Arthur, yeah. Mm-hmm, and movies like that. So this was a huge deal. So they dumped a lot of money into this movie. But it's funny, Dudley Moore makes doesn't really make much of an impact in this movie is Huddleston and John Lithgow. Lithgow, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. John Lithgow stole the movie, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There are, there are bite marks, you know, in the the film prints from all the the scenery he's chewing. Um, But he does it great. I mean, I loved it. It's a great performance. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it was the, uh, the Selkines, right. That uh, produced it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. The, um, Alexander Skeleton and his son uh, Ilya, they produced the Superman movies. Right. And the Superman movies were starting to lose steam. And they also had to pay royalties to Warner Brothers and DC for the rights to Superman. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, let's build our own big budget superhero that we don't have to pay any royalties for. And they landed on <laughs> Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, he's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> He is to, when I was a kid, he was. He's definitely mm-hmm. my hero. Yeah. <laughs> like on paper, like this is this is going to work. We're going to make Santa Claus movies forever, but it just didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I do love the movie and we'll get into the plot in a little bit, but it's almost like it's two separate movies. You know, there's like the first, <laughs> the first part, which is like amazing. And then there's the second part, which is like set, you know, more in the eighties and it's, it's real contemporary. And uh, I mean, it takes like a huge, just, tonal shift there yes definitely it's uh it's a bit jarring i mean watching it now as a kid i didn't even think twice about it it was like yeah okay that's cool uh (laughs) but you were talking we were talking about the salt kings and um when i did my superman episode i remember you know doing some research and they were notorious for like being very dubious with their payments have you discovered if any of that happened on this movie because it was a where like they they would make their payments on their checks and it was like a certain check with certain numbers missing. And so like you had to like go to a certain bank to get it done. And uh, essentially they were just buying themselves time to, to get the money before they had to pay people. And I know they, they really rubbed some actors the wrong way. <laughs> I haven't, that's the first I've ever heard about that uh, to be honest. And I haven't really heard anything about that on the production of this movie, gotcha. but we but in our early episodes when we were covering the Salkins mm-hmm. um, about their Three Musketeers movie, how uh, they recorded it and it was so long and they didn't tell the actors that they were going to split it up into two movies. So <laughs> they had the, the Three director, Musketeers yeah. <laughs> and the Four Musketeers and the actors didn't even know till they were at the premiere. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the Three Musketeers, I said, oh, coming next year, it's the next one. So they got into, so the Sulkins got into trouble with that. And they even called it the Sulkin Clause, because now in contracts, <laughs> they say, you can't record, you can't like do a sequel and not tell the actors that they're mm-hmm. recording two movies. Well, that's why Richard Lester ended up doing Superman 2 and, and uh, 3, was because they owed him a movie, essentially, because of their, <laughs> because of their contracts and so i mean it's just it's one of those so these guys were notorious but at the same time they really did produce some really cool stuff <laughs> so yeah they were good yeah, you this, know? <laughs> this movie is beautiful if you look at it, especially the north pole stuff that was all built as one giant set on oh, an entire man. soundstage in uh london at pinewood studios and it was it was like a 360 degree set that you could like walk through it's like that would be amazing to see in person Mm-hmm. I would have loved that. I mean, just something about it. It feels like so, so homey and, and cozy, you know, but also like so grandiose and like mythical. I mean, it's just the, the set design was, was like excellent. Yeah. It was definitely right on point for sure. Mm-hmm. But then you like you say, it's like the, like the first half hour, 40 minutes, like this really solid Santa origin story. Yeah. And you get this left hand turn <laughs> and you're in present day New York. You got John Lithgow. He's like crazy. Full, yeah. He's like a full on Looney Tunes villain. <laughs> yes, <he is>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I often, I often tell John, like whenever we're talking about this, it feels like there were two movies they stitched together. Like there mm-hmm. was one storyline where it was like the history of Santa Claus and then a whole other movie where it was going to be this, you know, the villain of Santa or the villain of Christmas. And then they were like, well, why don't we just plop them together together, and make one full movie? We have a half one over here and a half (laughs) one over here. Let's just add them together and voila, here's a new movie. It is funny because when you think of like who a good villain for Santa would be, I mean, you don't necessarily think of like 80s toy tycoon, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> that's not my first thought. And maybe it's because I'm like a huge comic book Rankin Bass fan, you know, I, I think more of like Burger Meister Meister Burger or, you know, or, or something like that, you know, it's uh, Winterbolt, but it's not, not necessarily BZ, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's hilarious how the, the main hero of the movie Santa and the main villain there's not a single scene of them together, together facing yeah. off or anything. <laughs> yes, it's 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 strange, but it's I mean to me it works. Um, <laughs> but I mean it is kind of strange, and when you really think about it, it's like yeah, they probably should have had a scene or two together just to tie it all. But, it's like in our heads we could picture like oh you know maybe Patch could like like Beasy could like talk his way into the North Pole workshop and like do a hostile takeover or something, you know, something for Santa to do in the second half of this movie. He pretty much has mopes around for the last quarter of the movie or so. (laughs) Until the very end when it's, yeah. Yeah. When it's really exciting and he saves the day, but, but you're right. I mean, I, and again, it's the comic book in me, but I just like picture him uh, and BZ as like professor X and Magneto just talking, you know, playing chess, just talking their philosophies. And he's like, no, you know, we give to the children and, you know, BZ is like for free. <laughs> like I could just, I could just see it all play out. And it's, it's awesome in my head. So. <laughs> so I suppose we should dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what I was about to say. You read my mind. Um, so if we're going to nutshell it, essentially we get Santa Claus's origin. And from there, 
um, one of his elves trying to prove himself after a series of unfortunate events. He joins a business, you know, a toy tycoon and creates some havoc where Santa Claus wonders if he's even really needed anymore. And of course, uh, thrown in the mix are some children. <laughs> That's like it in a nutshell, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, That's it. This is, and I got to say, it's one of the most startling intros and, and origins of Santa because, I mean, we see Santa basically like almost freeze to death, like right mm-hmm. in the beginning, you know, before he's like officially, you know, the guy. And he's just a, a nice toy maker who hands out toys to the children in his village and uh, named Claus. Right. That's the name, I, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. yes it's yep. Claus. Yeah. You know, he just suddenly he gets lost in like a freak snowstorm. And I mean, it really seems like he's going to. I mean, do they perish? Do they actually die? I don't know. We, we, that, that's a theory. That's a theory. We kind of go along with, yes, they died. Um, and then come back. <laughs> and then they come back. Um, or, you know, there. well, there's kind of two ways. Either they come back, you know, or mm. this is just their afterlife. Like, this is just how they're living their afterlife. So there's gotcha. two different ways you can look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But wonder, it is a pretty pretty daring uh, way to start your Santa Claus movie by having him freeze to death in the yeah. first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember as a kid thinking, <gasps> you know, but of course I didn't get it. I just thought, oh, they almost, wow, they, mm-hmm. they almost froze. Oh, okay, yeah. That's yeah, exactly that's what, what we were was, saying yeah, in our yeah, podcast. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the same thing. When I was a kid, I just thought they fell asleep, you know, and mm-hmm. then, yep. then the elves show up and they're fine. <laughs> and the, uh, the Vendiquim? Is that Vendicum. Vendicum, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I guess, in their language, I don't even know what language that is, but... That's, Nobody that, knows. <laughs> that, that's what they call them, you know, the, the little <laughs> mythical elf, elvish creatures. And um, they save them and bring them into their workshop and they start explaining everything to them and showing them around. And it's really cool. I mean, you know, it's like they really build this whole mythology, you know, where not only are they introduced, but then they have like an ancient one that comes in and, and, you know, there's like a prophecy and all sorts of things. And it's just, it's really neat to me to, to get into that. Cause I love that kind of world building, you know, that's like, like one of my favorite things. And that's why I'm so into comics, but I mean, I love how they just, they really take a deep dive into like the mythological aspect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do it a little bit more in there's a a novel of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And um they kind of go into it a little bit more about how the elves originally they get, they were the ones giving the kids toys, you know, they were hiding them and only kids could see the elves and then all of a sudden, you know, the population just kind of grows and they can't do it safely anymore. They can't give the toys out anymore. So it, and then it, you know, then the the elder, you know, he comes and he's like, don't worry, don't worry about it. Just, you know, go over there and make your toys. Someone will come someday and will help you. And then they just start making toys, like tons of toys. <laughs> yeah. Which, which you actually do see when they're showing him his shop and he's just looking through it and, and they're like, yeah, they, you know, these are for you. And he's like, for me, <laughs> <laughs> like what do you mean for me <laughs> like for your children he's like no I, we don't have children you know <laughs> we thought that was hilarious it's like <laughs> did they honestly think it's like all like this endless toy tunnel full of toys are just for their kids <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, that's a lot of toys for a kid or two <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. 
<laughs> yes, it's definitely uh, definitely an out there kind of premise. But you know, then they say like like one of the most touching things, which is like, no, no, like all the children of the in the world are your children now. You know that kind of a thing, and it's just it's another one of those like sitting. I remember sitting in the theater when they said that, and just being like, <gasps> you know, like wow, you know, I'm Santa Claus's child, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> like it really yeah. hit home for my five-year-old self, you know? <laughs> yeah, it really kind of leads, um, tells Santa like what his responsibility is, you know, it kind of leads to him like how much this is really going to to be for the world, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a really big point. And do they, do they give us like a time frame of when they were there, like when they first discovered them? Well, we've we've been debating that too. Okay, okay. They don't they don't pinpoint a certain year. We've been trying to uh, like we've been trying to figure it out. Determine the the timeline. (laughs) We'd say roughly what tenth tenth century, probably around tenth century is when they start this. Okay, we think that's kind of where we're 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 leading to. So. Oh man, that's a long this time. This movie covers a lot of time. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. yeah, really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Because like all, like we were saying, you know, after that thirty or forty minutes, whatever, then all of a sudden we get that shift to the eighties, you know, modern mm-hmm. day. But I love how, um, you know, so they they kind of take in their their own reindeer, you know, Santa and Anya, his wife. They they have their own reindeer, which was Donner and Blitzen. Mm-hmm. Which I guess kind of makes sense in like the whole Santa mythos about, you know, they're like the leaders of the team. Well, of course that would make sense because they're the most used to working with Santa and his wife. So uh, I always, I thought that that was a really cool touch, but they take him in and they, you know, try to get him to eat and Santa's being introduced to some of his elves like Patch and um, uh, Dooley and, and some of the other guys. And uh, right away we get, you know, Patch's innovative self when he's like, I have a way to, you know, an idea about heating this place with pipes and <laughs> things like that. It's like that thing that, that a lot of movies do where like they'll, they'll set, you know, it'll be like a period piece, but they try to give them technology that kind of like, you know, negates the fact that they're in the, that period. Like, the, and I hate to compare this to, cause it's, it's not at the same level, but like Van Helsing, you know, <laughs> with, with Hugh Jackman and uh, where they give them like that, that Gatling gun style crossbow. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like that whole kind of thing. And Patch is really just ahead of his time. Yeah. Know? It's kind of what they're, they're alluding to. Like he's the one that creates these things. Then they kind of get, they fall out into the real world, you know? <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, when you think about it, to to think that, whoa, we have central heating because of uh, one of Santa's elves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody spread that around. No. <laughs> the funny thing is, um, it's amazing how much more is in the novelization of the movie than actually in the movie. And in our podcast, I haven't read the book before, never have. So she's like blowing my mind. Like I have all these questions, like how come this isn't explained. And like, well, in the book, it actually does explain that. It's like, why can they put that in the movie? <laughs> Do you think maybe that, that uh, I mean, because I know in novelizations in general, you know, they, they tend to, to fill out some of the things, but sometimes they, they do it from like earlier drafts. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you think maybe that was in like an earlier draft of the screenplay that, you know, yeah, that's, what, that's at least we, some so. of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we sus- suspect. A lot of it got uh, cut or re-edited because mm-hmm. I think I think they had like, okay, we have to, okay, we have to get right through this Santa stuff, and so we get to the New <laughs> the York <good> stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, 
which is so funny because to me the santa stuff is like like the most you know the coolest stuff you know <laughs> yeah it's like I, I wish they did the whole movie about that I was like, i'm sure they could come up with some sort of conflict or something <laughs> oh yeah and then at the yeah. end he's like okay now it's modern day and then you can go do a whole new york sequel or something mm-hmm. that would have been awesome mm-hmm. yeah it's too bad um that that david huddleston passed away because i would have liked a sequel to this you know like mm-hmm. something set in you know 2000s and or even now you know i mean i think it would have been cool you know just to see how they've grown and maybe bring back uh the, the children as well <laughs> one thing they would have been santa one, one inter- yeah, another, yeah, true nowadays. <laughs> another interesting thing we uh discovered when we were researching this is that originally the mm-hmm. Patch character was going to be a more villainous character, and his name was going to be Scratch. Oh. But Dudley Moore, Dudley Moore didn't want to play a villain, so that's why we got this nice guy. Originally, he thought, oh, I can run Santa's workshop better than Santa, and that's what leads to the trouble. But because Dudley Moore, you know, the one you paid all this money for, didn't want to be a villain, um, that's going to get reworked as yeah. what we got in the final product. Yeah, when your star is, you know, <laughs> the, the whole reason you're making the movie is uh, kind of against your plot. Maybe <laughs> maybe rethink a couple of yeah, things. Kind of <laughs> tweak it a little bit. Yeah, just a tad, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really neat, and we get uh, this kind of competition between um, – it's Patch and is Puffy, right? I think it's yes, name? Puffy. 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 Yeah, yep. <laughs> I love these elf names. You know, what happened to like Bernard and Judy? <laughs> jingle and jangle. Jingle and jangle, exactly. Yeah, I like. They're and they're jangle. later on. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're actually keeping track of elf names. It's like these are the most weird elf names, like Honka and Goober <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh man, I, you know it's funny because like when you think about elf names, especially in like classic, like Christmas things, you know you don't really get very many elf names. So a lot of them are more modern creations, and you see them go all sorts of different ways. <laughs> so, so you get the patch and the puffy, but like you mentioned, there's also the uh, jingle and jangle and all those <laughs> Kringle, Tanta Kringle, and all that. Stuff. <laughs> It's just, it's funny to me that there's really no like elf name mythos, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, well. So Patch and Puffy, they're trying to decide who's going to be essentially like in charge, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. Or at least assist Santa. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's like, because I guess the, like you were saying with the spreading population, he's kind of running a little thin. So he's going to have an assistant and, um, they have this conversation, not conversation, competition. And this is where we get the the big, okay, who can make the most toys and all kind of thing. And so Patch, being the innovator and inventor, he has this new assembly line system that looks like it's going to be awesome. But we start to see that his, his toys are a little bit subpar, even though he produces more, which is kind of, I guess, kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, Patch is more of a, which is, I guess is very symbolic of the time that we live in, but he's more of a quantity over quality type mm-hmm. elf, while Puffy is a quality over quanti- quantity elf. It's very, right. you know, it's kind of a a knock on the world, really. Yeah, and I think throughout the movie, it kind of established like, okay, Puffy is like representing like the old traditional ways, mm-hmm. while... Uh, uh, like you said, Patch is the innovator mm-hmm. with all these wild ideas. And, you know, it's funny because at least in regards to toy making, it seems like if you could integrate the two, 
then you'd have like a perfect system, you know, like maybe let him do his, his, his thing. And then just do like quality control checks after that. You know? <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be a way, right? <laughs> and just like in most Santa movies, it's like Santa's just making these wooden toys, like right through 1985 when he should be giving out He-Man and Cabbage yeah, Patch Kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like kids didn't want like little toy ducks and stuff. Like, no, no, no. We want Castle Grayskull. <laughs> My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, and then we get this montage of the the shoddy toys like falling apart with kids riding them and stuff. That's pretty, actually, pretty intense. It there's is. Actually like a, there's mm-hmm. like a kid that you see screaming, like like what, what did they show this kid? Because that kid is legit upset when that wagon gets run over by a bus. <laughs> he has got to be an A plus actor as an adult. That was, that was good. He's probably like an accountant now or something. Right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it him probably was his wagon that got run over, and he was like, that was mine <laughs> if anybody knows who that kid is we, we'd want to get him on the podcast call for, in, that, yes. for that minute contact the santa by the minute podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah a lot, I mean, of these, a lot of these kids still have to be out there like. yeah <laughs> yeah because they're i mean they're probably just a little bit older than us you know they're about yeah. our age so but you know it's it's funny because i remember when all the toys were falling apart i was like legit terrified that that was going to happen to me you know so i was like no no i gotta make sure i'm like super good so i get like the excellent toy quality and <laughs> you know not not really thinking that i i don't know but <laughs> it, just, it scared me <laughs> and then the parents are like just kicking them to the curb and stuff and it's like you could probably just easily fix that yeah, right? it's, like, yeah, yeah fix that. it's not like there's computer <laughs> chips in them or anything you know I mean, it's literally like some wood glue could probably do. <laughs> All you need is a bolt and a nut and you're fine. Yeah, you're fine, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Patch, he decides to leave. Is that what it is? He, yeah. He kind of like steps down from being... Like yeah, a- pretty much. Like the, the remnants of these reject toys start coming back. And this is like the first time in history he's ever got... Santa's ever got returns. Um mm-hmm. So Patch, before Santa can even say anything, Patch like hands over his like assistant apron and puts his little satchel over his back and heads out the heads out the door to head out on his own. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He voluntarily gives it up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So and forgot to mention, and this is my fault because I kind of zoom in through here, but we forgot to mention that he actually we actually see Santa deliver these toys. Um, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the prior, the year prior, essentially. And that's where he meets the the little boy. I think his name is Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where he meets Joe. And he even lets him, and Joe's, of course, is like a, a, a homeless, kind of street tough-ish kid. And, mm-hmm. uh, but he even lets him ride the, drive the sleigh, which is kind of cool. I mean, I would have loved that as a kid. And I remember <laughs> being like so jealous, like, ah, oh, this guy gets to do that, you know? I was like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> and also, we have to give a shout out to uh, Henry Mancini's score during, yes. uh, especially that uh, flight through New York scene. It's mm-hmm. just amazing music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the s- songs that are sung by the like the choir are pretty forgettable, but that score is just like adds to that magical fantasy feeling that you're talking about. And I love it because um, 
you know, we get that, that essentially a, it's like a workshop type theme, but it's like my, my favorite of the whole movie. It's my favorite. You get that. I mean, it's just, it's so good because it's, it's catchy, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's very Christmassy, you know, it's grandiose and you just, I mean, it fits perfectly. And Henry Mancini, even though he had done a lot, I mean, for me, I knew him most from like the Pink Panther. Exactly. Yep. And uh, of course, the James, uh, not James Gunn. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Peter Gunn. I was thinking of a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know the, the 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 Peter Gunn theme. And I remember playing that in like junior high in band or something. So of course I I knew that one. But that's really all I knew him from. Even though he had done like all these other scores. And so when I heard him do this, and when I realized years later that it was him doing it, I mean, it was just an extra like, wow, this guy really is good kind of a thing. Yeah, we almost glossed over the uh, kids. Oh, yeah. Because we, we just want to get, okay, now can we talk about John Lithgow? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just, <laughs> that's, that's the part that's killing us about this podcast. Like, oh, man, we're going to have to wait like a year and a half. <laughs> if we only do a minute a week. Because he's so good. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. he's just, he's so good. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a shame that he he doesn't seem to think highly of this yeah. movie. He no, never talks he really about didn't. it. He, the AV it, yeah. Club did an interview with him last December, 2019 December, and they brought out some of his lesser known roles. And you just see him like sort of cringe <laughs> when they mentioned Santa Claus the movie, and he called it the tackiest movie he's ever been in. So it's oh, like, man. I don't think he's going to be on our like, show. It's like a stab to <laughs> the heart. It's like, like oh, a break. Because <laughs> he seems to be having such a good time playing this totally off off i don't want to say off the wall he's not like wacky jim carrey but he's just like very animated yes he's so over the top mm-hmm. evil and just loving every second of yeah. it it feels like <laughs> it, it's funny because it it's almost like a step down from and and i don't mean that in terms of quality i mean like in terms of like um how how zany he is from the role he played as uh, emilio lazardo in uh, buckaroo bonsai did y'all ever see Buckaroo Banzai. I mean, it's not not now. for a while, but <laughs> yeah. So he's you know he plays like this doctor that somehow gets possessed essentially by like a, an alien, <laughs> and so I mean he's that's one of those he's like off the wall zany evil kind of a thing, and this one's like you can see, like if he had pulled back a little bit, like BZ is that, and it's it's so great, it's so perfect. I mean, his performance, I mean, he's just, he's spectacular, but, but you can see like the seeds between the two and you're like, Oh, okay. I, I see you. <laughs> I see you there. You can also see it like leading up to uh, third rock from the third sun. Rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He knows how to play a good, uh, a good kind of crazy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can play basically any role. Yeah, he really can. can. He's a great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, we also there's also the little girl little Cornelia, girl, Cornelia, who's like yeah. the who. I, spoiler alert! I guess for a 35 year old movie <laughs> turns out to be BZ. People haven't seen this yet. <laughs> BZ is her step uncle, which step is uncle, a yeah. very odd relation. Why not just, just a regular old uncle? It's very sad to think of like what her life must have led up to for her to be living with her step uncle. <laughs> in new york you know like what so how I do guess, you get to that <laughs> I, I don't, well, like, uh, like her parents like many... were deceased weren't they Are yeah isn't that how that's that's yeah. why she lives with them yeah and i mean so i guess maybe okay <laughs> was, 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 that mentioned, yes. was that mentioned in the book was that me- are, are you gonna yeah say? yeah oh it was not mentioned in the movie. 
I mean, we we're, I we mean, we can assume, assume it. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah one a lot one of... funny. Th- oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> one funny thing, uh, especially when you watch it on Blu-ray or when you saw it in the theater, um, <laughs> because there's that big reveal where it's like, oh my gosh, he he was. Cornelia's step-uncle, but on Blu-ray or in the theater, there's a scene where she first meets Santa in her living room, and you can see, like, framed <laughs> pictures of a BZ all over the room. But, but there's that scene where she, he, like, turns around in the chair and mm-hmm. smoking his cigar, and it's like, she goes, Merry Christmas. I'm like, oh, I certainly... Sh- oh, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> certainly will be. <laughs> and that was supposed to be like the big reveal. But if you, but he's like all over the house <laughs> in all of the other shots of her, like just frames of him <laughs> everywhere. There's this giant painting. I wonder where it is now. Like oh, John Lithgow. <laughs> It's hung has. over the fireplace. If he doesn't like the movie, he probably doesn't have it, which is kind of a shame. Because I, I hope, like, I hope so bad that it's in his house somewhere. Me too. <laughs> Maybe he's a closet fan. Like, Maybe. he just doesn't want anyone he to know. He doesn't want anyone to know, yeah. He's like, this is the yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so we meet Cornelia. I mean, she's really, you know, really sweet girl. She even gives uh, Joe some food. Cause she can see that he's, you know, hungry. And so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a really nice moment, you know, character building for her, but I love it because when Santa and Joe are taking their ride, they try to do that super duper looper mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> I remember thinking it was like the coolest trick ever <laughs> when I was little, you know, they, this, it's basically just a loop de loop kind of a thing in the sky. And, um, but I, I think Donner and Blitzen are always a little skittish when they're doing it. Yeah. Donner always, yeah. always bails out because he's, he's the skittish reindeer anyway, but he's like afraid of heights. You know, he doesn't really want to be flying. He doesn't want you to know? be flying at all. He, he, like, he does not want to be in the air, but he has to be. So he's like, no, I'm not doing that. No way. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Donner. <laughs> I wonder if there's like, I don't know, some sort of like reindeer whisperer or something. <laughs> Talk to him afterwards when they get back. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of not so subtle product placement during, <laughs> during, during those this, New York yeah, scenes. Yeah. I think there's an entire minute where Joe is just like, has his face pressed up against a McDonald's, McDonald's window yeah, while yeah. everybody's eating McNuggets and Big Macs and stuff. Which, and, and Cornelia puts down like a can of Coke, like perfectly uh, mm-hmm. visible oh, for him me, to let drink. Me read what that says. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it makes sense because, you know, I mean, you think of Santa Claus, you know, it's going to be like a, a, you know, a holiday movie. You think those are normally really big. And then also the Salkins, you know, so I mean, that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, finance the movie however they could because it was an independent exactly. movie. They had yeah. to find investors wherever they could. Yeah. So, hey, let's, we'll, yeah, we'll put a whole minute of your, <laughs> of your McDonald's <laughs> in there. So, but um, so, yeah, Santa Claus, he delivers all the toys. And then we get what we talked about where they start falling apart. And then that's when Patch leaves and he ends up going to New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Buddy the I wonder if he takes the same route as uh, Buddy the Elf. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that, that's something I've always been curious about, too. It's like it had to have taken him a year because he leaves after Christmas when the broken toys come. Mm-hmm. And then he reemerges in New York City the following Christmas. Yep. It's just when all Christmas the BZ toys are being pulled off the shelves because that, yeah. that's, as a, that's as a kid when 
that was a moment as a kid, that congressional hearing where they're tearing apart the teddy bears and that the was, glasses yeah, falling that out. That was scary. Yeah. It's like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Especially when you're a kid watching this for the first time. It's like whiplash. It's like you just went from the North Pole and all this whimsy to setting dolls on fire. <laughs> yeah, see, and that's what I'm talking about, that weird tonal shift. It's, it's all of a sudden, it's like like now this serious, this serious thing. And, and you know, it's funny because now it is, it's because I remember that old Saturday Night Live sketch with Candace Bergen and uh, Dan Aykroyd, where he's like a toy maker. And they have like the, you know, she's trying to call him out. She's like from a parent's watchdog type of group. And, uh, you know, they, he, she's confronting him about his toys and there's like Johnny Switchblade and like you press his head and like little knives <laughs> come out of his arms and uh, there's one just called ba- Bag of Glass, you know, and it's just a, a big bag of glass. <laughs> yeah, right from the get-go, they uh, set up BZ as like somebody so crooked and greedy that they'd, he'd stuff a teddy bear full of broken glass and nails. <laughs> hey, if it, if it gets the job done, you know. <laughs> I guess so. I- <laughs> I guess it's cheaper than uh, cotton. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like cotton would be a little cheaper to me, but maybe not. <laughs> they just sweep up the floor and there then you put it in the bag. Yeah, like whatever. whatever kids yeah. won't kids won't notice. They're not playing with the inside. <laughs> but Patch sees that all the toys are being like removed, and so he thinks they're like like I guess doing really well, and so he goes to see BZ. And uh, convinces him that, you know, hey, I, I, I can do something really cool here. I mean, it's, it's just funny the way he tries to, the way they go about it, you know, it's like, he's so naive, which is awesome, because that's, that's exactly what you expect from like, an elf, you know, it's ancient being that's been around forever, that doesn't really associate with people. But then you also see like BZ's kind of, you know, slimeballness. And <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a great dichotomy there. And, and Dudley Moore plays it really well, too. You know, he's got that innocence in this particular one, which, you know, kind of contrasts with some of his other roles, like Arthur, we were talking about. He, yeah, you can really see that he's that he's acting well in this movie when you compare him. Like we were we were talking, I, th- I think it was on our podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, our conversations blend together because we talk about the movie so much. But um, one of the, the drawbacks of the movie may have been that Dudley Moore was the main elf, you know, like. Mm-hmm you wouldn't expect him to be in a kid's movie. You know, you'd expect him to be more in a older, you know, an older adult, older teen movie. Not a, yeah, yeah, like a comedy of sorts. Right. And that's another thing. It's like, as kids watching this, we didn't really have, I didn't, Hmm. I never saw Arthur as a kid or anything uh, Dudley Moore was in. Um, This is like a a lot of kids' first exposure to Dudley Moore. So we had no like frame of reference to what a Dudley Moore performance would be. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that's, that's part of the reason it got such bad reviews. Like they, people going in expecting, oh, Dudley Moore is going to be acting so funny and crazy, but he's it's very subtle and very mm-hmm. it's a very different performance from him. You know, that, that's a good point because I know the critics were not very nice to the movie, but that makes a lot of sense, especially for adults, because I don't remember if my parents enjoyed it that much honestly <laughs> i know i loved it i thought it was awesome <laughs> and the other thing that may have sunk it you have this movie about santa claus and it got a pg rating and it, back in 85 you know pg-13 only been around for what a year at that point mm-hmm. so i so part of our theory is like you know a pg rating carried a lot more weight and then you hear dudley moore who's known for these more adult comedies is in the mm-hmm. santa claus movie and it's, it's like, uh, maybe we're not going to take the kids to this one. We'll wait for the video to come out or whatever. 
there is there is a little bit of language in there that got the PG rating. Mm-hmm. Like some, I don't know if I can say it on the totally <laughs> rad podcast. <laughs> it's not, it's pretty mild in the scheme of things. Yeah, it really is. Enough but... to get a Santa movie. A P- Santa doesn't say anything. No, no, Santa no, doesn't. No, Santa, no. Santa wouldn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't know what those words mean. Pretty much as well, BZ. Yeah, right. well, you know, BZ. I mean, <laughs> this dude. <laughs> Yeah, so Patch decides to to help him out, and so he makes the the lollipops using some of that magic, you know, reindeer flying food stuff powder. powder yeah. yeah, I guess <laughs> dust. I don't know the, the yeah, it's it, stardust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not said in the movie, but it yeah. is it is supposed to be stardust. 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 Oh, they okay. harvest stardust, and that makes the reindeers fly. Mm-hmm. Was that in the novelization or the uh, Marvel yeah. comic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in the it was in the novel. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I'm gonna see if I I'm gonna have to see if I can find it because I think it would be an, a great read. Honestly, it is. <laughs> it is. I've read it a couple times. It's very very good. Nice. <laughs> it fills in a lot of plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of like the uh, the Rise of Skywalker novel that filled in a lot of stuff from the movie, and you're just like, oh, okay, well that makes sense now. <laughs> so. So stardust, okay. Because every time I always want to say magic dust, and then of course it reminds me of like that old Cheech and Chong. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the magic dust, you know, kind of. Thing. <laughs> so so yeah. that always makes me go off on that tangent there. But that's interesting, stardust. So he makes these lollipops, and and it helps kids kind of you know levitate and have a good time. And so BZ's pretty much raking it in at this point. And I love that, like, what, what would you call it? Hover, hovercraft, maybe? The the patch builds. I, I mean, I wouldn't even know. Oh, his 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 Patch-mobile. car, patch mobile. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess it's like a like a flying. Yeah, I guess it's a hovercraft. I don't know what yeah, else I call it. Yeah, kind of like a flying car of some sorts. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked that. Uh, I mean, I just thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the scheme is like the first, the like the first taste is free. You know, mm-hmm. these lollipops. He, because Beezy thinks it's going to help uh, clear up his bad reputation by yeah. giving out all these free lollipops. Like good and they PR. turn out to be a hit. Yep. And then it turns out to be a hit. So his scheme is okay. We're going to have a sequel. It's going to come out on March twenty fifth. <laughs> And we're going to do it again. But this time, if you want the, the magical candy, you're going to have to pay you're gonna for have it. To pay for, have... yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like a drug allegory when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. first, first one's free and then now you got to pay for it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Although I did think it's cool. Uh, I'm Catholic. So on March 25th that we celebrate the Feast of the uh, Annunciation where the angel Gabriel comes and tells Mary that Jesus is going to be born. And that's like nine months later, then you get Jesus' birth, which is Christmas. I, I thought it was kind of cool that they picked March 25th, essentially, as like, well, you know, we'll take, not only will we own Christmas, but we're going to own this part too, you know? So it's like, this is like his whole plot. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's neat. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I just, I just thought that's pretty cool. <laughs> so the follow-up, he's going to make a lollipops. But they're going to candy canes. Candy canes. Oh, candy canes. Yeah. Candy That's canes. right. That's right. Candy canes. Oh man, I I, won't, I only do a podcast about it. <laughs> I, I got my candy cane, and my lollipop mixed up. But they're going to increase the dosage of yes. the reindeer stardust, the reindeer corn flakes. As yes, BZ says. Yes. Which which we end up finding out later makes them like crazy unstable and like super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right, because you know the this powder is actually you know at the North Pole. It's cold. Cold. You know, mm-hmm. in 
New York, it gets heated up inside the houses and mm-hmm. boom. Makes sense. <laughs> so, so whereas the, uh, the, uh, lollipop. the lollipops <laughs> make the kids sort of just hover over the ground, I guess the, uh, the candy, candy canes make you legit fly, fly. which yeah. seems like a worse safety hazard than your glass-filled <laughs> teddy bear. Yeah, you know? there's like a whole... Like a kid whole gets sucked into a jet kids. engine or something. It's... <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's like crazy dangerous. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, but they would be sellers. <laughs> <laughs> I would not let my son have one. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. My kids would not be eating them. But, no. but I mean, I could totally see BZ being like, yeah, let's put them out, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they, mm-hmm. Don't they even try to go to like Brazil or something? I mean, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll just go to like a, some country. After. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they discover that they're, you know, kind of dangerous. Like, yeah. yeah, whatever. We'll just no extradition over here. You know, kind of, kind of yeah, we already got the money. We're going to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently these were uh pre-order type deal. You pre-order the candy canes and you could only pay in cash. Mm-hmm. Of course, Which, it's 1985. So you right, pay in right. cash. But so still, he's that, getting that all the money. Suspicious to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he and his assistant Towser were going to go off, yeah. go off to the Bahamas or Mexico or wherever, or while Patch uh, delivers these things and takes the fall for him while they're out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's by '80s villain standard. That's like pretty genius, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty but, smart. I mean, and, you know, I got to credit. So this movie actually like made me learn what the word puce means yes <laughs> it's the first time i'd ever heard that and uh, i was like what is that of course i went to look it up and it's you know it's a color but i mean it's just it's something that i'd never heard before so i, I gotta give credit to towser there but <laughs> <laughs> as they're discovering they're talking about all this cornelia overhears them and joe i think joe's there too isn't he yeah because joe was sick because then he he gets yeah. yeah he was sick he yeah and she's yeah and he taking care of him yeah, they overhear all this, but they actually they capture him and tie mm-hmm. him up. I think. Yeah, this is like BZ like goes from just no can't kind of sleazy businessman to like full on psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like yeah. like he, he like legit's gonna kill this kid. It's like where'd this come from? <laughs> because hey, at this you know, point, you gotta do what you gotta do. No, <laughs> it was the eighties. Greed is good. Uh, <laughs> because at this point, Joe hadn't even overheard the whole scheme. He just sort of sneezed, and BZ's like, "What the hell's this kid doing in my house?" And as his bodyguard tie him up in like the radiator room, the boiler room of his toy factory, <laughs> instead of like just shooing the kid out of your house or like calling the cops or something, it's like we'll go tie him up in our basement somewhere. Yeah, it's like, put this kid on ice. <laughs> Yeah, oh man. yeah he, he really kind of loses it here yeah uh, so that's yeah. when uh that's when towser fills him in like oh we had these too close to a radiator down at one of our warehouses now there's no more warehouse yeah, no more warehouse yeah which is a great a great line yeah <laughs> so that's what cornelia overhears and writes the letter to santa who who like has not has had nothing to do for about forty minutes of this movie now. <laughs> no, the only the only thing he's done is like carve a little statue that kind of looks like Patch. Yeah, yep. and like <laughs> kind of mope around. Yeah, that's the really North all Pole. he's done. Yeah, it's like all right, Santa, you, you. we get it. You're sad. We yeah. got it. <laughs> but he had, it's been like uh, two years. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but he had given the statue to Joe 
Mm-hmm. And that's how when when Patch finds him, that's how they, you know, he finds the statue and realizes, hey, this kind of looks like me, and Santa made it. So mm-hmm. I guess he's not mad at me, and and I guess he does like me, kind of a thing. So he's like, all right, let's let's go back to the let's let's go help Santa instead. <laughs> but by this time, Santa has come and has um, has uh, met with Cornelia. And they realize, you know, hey, there's these candy canes. They're going to blow up. They're unstable. And Patch, by the way, Patch and Joe, are they kind of have them all <laughs> in, their, <laughs> in their Patch mobile. And yeah. so the, then they go do the big rescue, mm. which, again, was, like, super cool to watch, I remember. <laughs> and, and even watching it again was, like, wow. And so when I showed my kids, I remember they were just, like, their jaws dropped and they were just, you know, enthralled by it. And, and which is really cool. Cause that's, I remember being the same way when I watched it, you know? So it's, just, it, it is pretty impressive to watch, but mm-hmm. like when you think about the, like, did he really even have to do this loop de loop to catch him? It's like, couldn't he just like kind of flown underneath <laughs> and well, they, caught him that, that wouldn't have been as impressive, but yeah, they, at least right. they, they really could have. And I think, cause I was trying to figure out like, why did he do that? And I think it's because they couldn't get his attention so I think they they went in front of him first to let him know like hey you know we're here and then of course it blew up and then as they were coming down they were able to catch him I I think I don't know I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go with that but I don't th- I don't know if that's right at all <laughs> we're gonna have to have you on for that minute and uh, <laughs> we can break we it down <laughs> there we go yeah yeah <laughs> but I mean it's it's a really cool sequence and. Uh, you know i was i'm just like like so you know impressed and amazed that like neither patch nor joe were hurt by that explosion mm-hmm. <laughs> so, patch did a good job building the car you know i yeah. mean <laughs> yep. yeah it's like it fell apart where it should where, you know it, it crumples in a, a certain way to protect you same thing <laughs> <laughs> yep so meanwhile, so meanwhile, we have to point out that Cornelia has called the police. She even says to Santa, I called the police. I don't think they believe me, but apparently they did believe. They did, her. yeah. If, even though, and uh, they're <laughs> arresting the, the bodyguard, they're arresting Towser. BZ looks out the window and then just stuffs his face full of these candy canes. And he thinks he's outsmarted the police. Which again is like a really macabre thing because <laughs> he's just going to float like, forever right i mean he he's eaten so many at this point uh, that he's gonna just keep going higher and higher until he runs out of oxygen or like burns up in the atmosphere or worse like actually makes it to outer space and then you know basically implodes i mean it's, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's literally the, well not the imploding part but that's literally the last shot of the movie it's like it's like they they end it you know uh Cornelia and Joe are up at the North Pole dancing and everything. And then you just see BZ floating helplessly in space for, I don't know, until he dies at the end of the Santa Claus movie. I love how he's yelling, get me down. It's like, who are you yelling to? Nobody can hear you. You are in space. Nobody can hear you scream. It's like, well, that's kind of a depressing way to end your Santa Claus movie. Yeah, I mean, of course you don't think about it as a kid. I know. And you have to suspend your disbelief. But I mean, like, he's literally going to like, I mean, his explosive decompression is like going (laughs) to This dude is like gonna die painfully <laughs> in a Santa Claus movie. <laughs> yeah, 
is usually in these things, like the villain sees the error of their ways, you know, like the, the Bumble and Rudolph or yeah, uh, yeah. like the Winter Warlock in the Rankin and Bassa one. But here it's like, no, Beasley's just evil from start to finish. <laughs> yep. Doesn't even meet Santa and he, he's his, he uh, floats into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, poor guy. I mean, hopefully he comes down and they were able to save him before any major damage was happening, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Don't they, think maybe, so maybe, maybe they would have explained it in the sequel. It's like, maybe. BC's back. <laughs> maybe the Stardust protected him. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it is Stardust. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so eventually um, Santa pretty much like adopts Joe and, uh, and Cornelia too, or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, he he adopts Joe, and then it, they say that Cornelia can stay until at least the next Christmas, oh, which is yeah, 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 that's basically a year away. <laughs> Not quite, but basically, because this this whole um, exploding car saving Joe thing is only two weeks after Christmas, so you know it, it's basically a year that she's living at the North Pole. Nobody notices she's missing. Well, I mean, I, her guardian's gone, so I, I guess it makes sense. I don't... <laughs> yeah, it's like Santa kind of like straight up kidnaps uh, these kids, <laughs> if you think about it. He really does. Because you think somebody would notice Cornelia's missing, the nanny, you know, the her School. teachers, her, yeah. her dance recital teacher, you know, somebody might uh, call the cops on this. And what, I mean, like, what is she going to say when she gets back? Yeah, I was at the North Pole with Santa. I mean, yeah, like, right. that's, that's crazy. Like, they will have her committed, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. kind of, when you think of, like, the, the you know, repercussions mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of this ending, it's like, oh, man, there's some, <laughs> some serious things going on here. But this but, is the real reason we never got a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you to, go from here? Santa has to Joe, save they, Cornelia. They have to go break her out of, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Santa, get, Santa gets arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? I mean, Santa's been in jail in like so many other movies, you know. The That's, true. That's true. And, uh, Everyone, Chronicles, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, might as well. Why not? <laughs> we didn't but, mention it earlier, but we got to give a shout out to the uh, the people who made those animatronic reindeer. Mm-hmm. It's like we've been watching this thing. It's like almost impossible to tell the switch between a real reindeer and a puppet. I mean, they were like, really good. Yeah. Yeah. They really yeah, were. I think they had some former Jim Henson creature shop guys doing these things that and it's like yeah. they're so realistic looking like you, in the same shot you'll see them switch if you have to you have to really pay attention for when they switch between the uh, animatronic and the real one mm-hmm. That's awesome it's funny because then you think about like other movies where they do like animatronic reindeer or even like cgi reindeer and they just don't hold up mm-hmm. like these ones to me seem um the most complete looking and and I mean they're just the most photorealistic I think that I've yeah, ever even, seen. Even yeah. the ones in the Tim Allen movie that were made like a decade yeah. after this don't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really don't. They really they really don't hold up at all. And especially as the movies progress, they like keep getting worse and worse, <laughs> which is strange. But I guess their budget keeps getting less. And less. The, the skill set goes away. <laughs> so, so, sort of like the uh, Ninja Turtles, where they go from these beautiful Jim Henson puppets to whatever you got by the time they were doing like the rock concerts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, 
these cheap looking turtle suits. Oh yeah. Out of our shell. Yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> but oh well. I mean you know, you gotta you gotta take what money you can get, I guess. <laughs> oh man. But you know, this was a it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it, and it's a shame that most critics didn't like it because i think if they had liked it i mean not only would it have fared better but i think we probably could have gotten that um, those sequels that we were talking about you know mm-hmm. and i could see the salkins doing you know whatever they needed to do to get it made yeah they were definitely hinting at sequels we've seen stuff from before the movie was released like they were like hinting at like a son of santa uh sequel Oh. That obviously we never got because they were obviously setting Joe up to be Joe, yeah, Santa's Santa's son, because a lot of it got cut from the movie. But they really hammer home in the book and in the comic book that Anya and Claus, you know, have never had any kids of their own. They can't have kids of their own. They bring it up over and over, but they really dialed that back a bit in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of they they adopt Joe, you know, and. I think in the uh, comic book adaption, which I have read, uh, at the very end, Santa like puts his hand yeah. around Jones and he calls him son. It's like my son. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that? Oh wow. So yeah, he would have been. He would have been it, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. he like kind of inherited the mm-hmm. Santa empire. Yeah. You know, maybe Claus and Anya were like, you know, it's been five thousand years. Maybe it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the time of the Jetsons. <laughs> like, finally, I get my shot. You know, that would have been interesting. Uh, or maybe, I mean, because they say they're going to live forever, so it's not like they can pass away and pass the mantle. It's just, mm-hmm. it, would, it would have to be just strictly passing the mantle um, unless he gets sick or something, or I don't know. But uh, Unless the, but the ancient have, one has some magic in there that it's well, like maybe they're like you know I'm, I'm done i'm tired let's you know i think it's time to to rest and then joe steps up yeah that would have been interesting and it's it's definitely uh in keeping with a lot of adaptations of santa like mm-hmm. uh, you know arthur christmas and even now noel that came out and you know where there's a new, mm-hmm. li- a new line things like that Although <laughs> in the Santa Claus, it always did crack me up when uh, Charlie says something like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the family business. And it's like, well, that means you got to kill your dad, you know? <laughs> like, that's the only way you're going to take over is if you're put on a suit. Uh, it's surprising uh, how many Santa Claus movies involve death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, don't, you yeah. normally don't think of that. <laughs> Um, so I have to ask, what would you guys say is your hap hap happiest moment with this movie or memory, you know, anything like that? Uh, well, hap hap happiest memory has to be, you probably have like top 10 John Lithgow moments because he just totally, uh, you know, just makes you laugh every time. I don't think this movie would be quite as memorable if it wasn't for him, but also David Huddleston just gives that great performance. But do you have any like childhood memories or anything? Um, I think the the part that always stood out to me the most, you know, when I would think about the movie from when I was a kid, was the very beginning of the movie when they first walk into the elf village and you see the just the enormous set and all of these elves and just it like gives me goosebumps thinking about like how awesome it would be to be in there and like have one of their elf beds be my bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know, and 
just be in this huge thing. It's just amazing what they were able to do on that set. You know, yeah. and when you're a kid, you don't think it's a set. It's like real life, it's you real, know, yeah, exactly. you know, and I love that part. Well, yeah, exactly. And for me, it would be seeing that on the big screen. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember my dad, you know, taking me to it. And it was just just filled with so much wonder and enjoyment. I mean, it was it was great. So I think that would probably be, be my happiest moment. But now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call Gag Me With a Spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the movie, which, you know, if there's a, a movie that you love, I know it's always hard to pick a least favorite part. Um, <laughs> and then we put it up to the listeners and they can vote on... Uh, on who does the best job and the winner gets a sticker unless of course I win in which I get a big fat nothing (laughs) uh, as the, as the guests, I'll let you guys go first, just kind of set up the scene for us and, uh, and then take it away. It's like, man, we were, we were talking about this before. It's like, Oh man, I like, I can't think of like really anything that I do an impression of that. I, uh, like I actively dislike about the movie. It's like, I have some issues like why Pat decides to, to leave. He like kind of like Santa didn't really have a chance to get mad or say anything, but Pat just like, Oh, he doesn't like me anymore. But like all the impressions I want to do are like for free or Christmas too. (laughs) Or Santa Claus is finished. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we can do dueling Lithgows instead. There you go. I like that. <laughs> no way. No yeah. way. Yep. No. <laughs> Maybe between you two, but I cannot compete in the dueling Lithgow. No, not no, you, you can. You you can do it good for free. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> for free. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do the we'll do the Julian Lithgow's. Uh, <laughs> my for free, I kind of already did one. Uh, so instead, I'll do. We'll bring it out on March twenty fifth, and we'll call it Christmas Two. <laughs> Bravo! Very good, very good. <laughs> Something like that. That's terrible, but well, now I got to ask, what was the, what you were what were you going to do the impression of originally? <laughs> That's actually what I was going to do. I thought the, the Christmas Two. That was your least favorite part. <laughs> I just thought it was a little bit corny of a dialogue. <laughs> so, because I mean, again, it was it was hard to choose. I really mm-hmm. I really couldn't pick, and it was like back and forth between that part or when um, Joe says, you know, right, and I'm the tooth fairy, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some of the yeah. Joe lines are kind of kind of cheesy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that Christmas too. I was like, they couldn't have come up with something else. But uh, <laughs> I think that was kind of the point. It's like yeah, exactly. Easy yeah. is so uncreative and greedy <laughs> that he would just flat out call it Christmas too. <laughs> A sequel. <laughs> but like this movie is just impossible to hate. And like, yeah, it, yeah. It's like it's not perfect by any means. There's stuff mm-hmm. you can joke about and stuff like we do mm-hmm. on our podcast. But it's just so likable and so sincere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's- like. Exactly. It's got so much heart. Mm-hmm. It does. Like you'd have to be pretty cynical, like, like to not mm-hmm. like it. But I know a lot of people don't like search for Santa Claus movie podcast. It's like all these worst movie ever type <laughs> things where they're just oh, no. saying how horrible it is for 45 minutes. But we can't think of a single movie we could talk about one minute at a time. <laughs> Other than this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I have one that I could talk about one movie at a time. <laughs> Well, so I have to ask, G.I. Joe, they taught us that uh, knowing was half the battle. What do you think is the other half? 
Hmm. Don't stuff teddy bears with broken glass and rusty nails. <laughs> yep. <laughs> do, do you have one? Oh my gosh. Um, mine's not funny. Oh. <laughs> Mine, <laughs> That's okay. That's so, all right. John's the comedian. So it's take pride in what you do. Don't rush through to make more than what you need. So this kind of from patch, like rushing through all those toys, just he made him, he gave himself so much more harm than good by rushing through those when he could have just slowed down just a little bit and made sure everything was right. Yeah, that's good. That's better than mine. Mine is, uh, (laughs) so if knowing's half the battle, the other half is uh, double checking that your magic candy canes won't blow up. (laughs) (laughs) It's always, it's always a good thing to check. (laughs) But um, now, We're going to use our gift of flight and go chat with the littles. Welcome to another edition of Chatting with the Littles. I'm here with little number one, my eight-year-old daughter. Hello. And we're here to talk about Santa Claus. So why is Santa Claus your favorite? Because he brings his presents and the people with no homes and no money that they won't, because they won't have, they won't have enough money to buy some toys. It's true. He is very generous, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was daddy's favorite uh, saint. Saint Nicholas was daddy's favorite saint growing up. And he brings his presents in our shoes. I hope I better clean mine. <laughs> Yep, and on that note, I think we're going to return to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so John, Ben, what do you want to what do you want to plug? Well, we have to plug our podcast. You know, we gave you a nutshell version of Santa Claus's movie here. <laughs> yes, but if you did. really want to take a deep dive, go check out Santa by the Minute. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and Podbean. <laughs> We're about 20 minutes into the movie so far. We post a new episode every Wednesday. And just by watching it, you wouldn't think there'd be something to talk about every minute, but we find multiple things. (laughs) We often surprise ourselves with what we see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You should check it out. It's, It's a lot of fun. And you just, you learn so much. It's so cool. I highly recommend check out uh, Santa by the minute for sure. (laughs) Guys, it's been it's been a blast talking with you. I've had a lot of fun. And I, I mean, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for having us. This has been, yeah, this yeah, has been this a lot been of a fun. Blast. We, don't, we don't get to talk about it with other people very often. So hopefully you'll come <laughs> on to our show. We'll, we'll pick a minute. If you have a favorite minute, let us know. <laughs> when sure, we get close yeah. to it, we'll uh, shoot you a tweet or something. Sounds good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anytime. On that note, I will end it by saying, The prophecy has come to pass that there would come to us a chosen one and that he having no child of his own would love all children everywhere and that he himself would be an artisan and a craftsman and a skilled maker of toys. And now chosen one, check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling as generous as Patch, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. So don't forget to vote guys. Later dudes. What did you want to say? Challenge time. Challenge time? What kind of challenge do you want to give today? Make your own little Santa action figure. 
Wow, that's that's very involved. You gotta sculpt it and or whittle it or everything. I, mean, I already made mine with some duct tape and an old magnet that broke that has Santa Claus's face and some. I don't know what they're called, but they are for your ears to get out earwax. Q-tips. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you heard it here. First. And he lost a leg, Santa. My little toy. I made. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, your challenge this week is to make a little Santa Claus action figure. And With on that anything note, you want to we are do. going to say later, dudes. <laughs>